We're going to be learning with the Sichas Chelek Yotas, second Sicha for Chodesh Elo. So the Sicha begins by by discussing the Avoida of Elo, and we're also going to be discussing the name Elo. What does the name of Elo mean uh, based on the, the letters that it's made up of? So first of all, what is the what is the Indian of Elo? So we find that there's two main concepts, two main Avoidas, which are discussed and which a person needs to work on during the month of Elo. The first is the Indian of Tzachaj bin Tzedek. It's a, it's a month of Tshuva. It's Yimei Ratzon, that a person does Tshuva during these days, and he's able to fix in the Nisakin on the prior year. The second thing we find in Elo is that it's Ahachana for the Shana Habat, it's Ahachana for Shoshana, it's Ahachana for the entire year, and that's through that a person take, that takes on upon himself and after he's done shuva that he's going to in the future he's going to do the correct thing and he's going to fix that and uh, become even a better person in the year uh, in, in, the, in the upcoming year so these two inyanim of one the, the tikkun on the avar and also the hachan of the shuva abad, those two inyanim are nirmas in the name of chaydashah so the hakdim the idea of the names of the month. So if you look in Torah Shul Hasav, in the, 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 in the Chumash, we find that the names are, don't act, that the months don't have names. The way how the Torah refers to names is by Chaydash Arishan, Chaydash Asheni, Chaydash Ashlishi. They don't actually have any names. Sometimes in, in Navi, different places in Tanakh, you might find some type of description of the month. Like uh, Tishrei is called Chaydash Aesan, because that's the month where the Tani Oilam and the the, the, uh, the the strong ones of the world were born. But Chaydish uh, Ir uh, is called Chaydish Ziv because in the month of Ir, that's when the plants start to the, the, the plants start to shine and the beauty of the uh, the sun starts shining and things start growing. So it's called Ziv, like the ray of the sun. But those aren't the actual names of the month. Those are more descriptions of what happens during the month. But in Torah Shuchsav itself, we find that the months are always called Chaydish Rishon, Chaydish Sheni, Chaydish Lishi. So where do the months that we use, Tishrei, Tammuz, Elul, where do, where do these names come from? So in the Bavli, it tells us that it comes from the Nevi'im Achreinim. And in the Nevi'im Achreinim, look at the Nehemia and other places, you'll find that sometimes different months are named. Not all the months, actually. Some of them are, are pure, like the month of Tishrei, the month of Tammuz, are actually never mentioned in Tarsh Shavu at all. But other months, like Chodesh uh, Elul, Chodesh Tevis, these months are actually mentioned in the Nevi'im Achorinim. And that's what the Babli says, that the names come from the Nevi'im, that they, that they came up. If you look at the Yushalmi, the Yushalmi tells us that the names came up with the Bnei Yisrael when they're Oilam Ababa. So the names were Oilam Ababa. And it's not a contradiction between the Babli and Yushalmi, because they're both are true. The names were Oila Imahim from Babel. So these names of the month are really Babylonian names of the month. And the Nevi'im Achreinim were Mishtamish. They used those names, or certain, some of the names were actually mentioned in uh, their Sfar. But the names themselves are, like the Yushami said, these are names of the month that were that were Babylonian names. And in the Yidin return from Babel, they used these names. And even some of the names are mentioned in the Nevi'im Achreinim. But since they are mentioned in the Torah, then we know that these names are Emesa names. Uh, as explained in Shariq Ramun and other places, that there's two types of names that we have. There's the, the Shemus and Mitim, the true names. The true names is the names that they have in Lashon HaKadosh, which reflects the, the Shorish, uh, where they come from, the Maila, shows on their Shorish HaRuchnis, and it's actually, those are the letters of the name is what gives them the energy in this world. It's actually what creates them and what gives them Chayos, which, which is Mahavadam. And then there's Shemus Muskamim, these are the other ayin l'shayinus that the names that are being used are names that were don't reflect on the panemius of the of that particular item. Rather, these are names that were agreed upon by different people how to refer and how to communicate about the, the different items that we see. So this that the Torah utilizes the name Elo and other names, it's because these are true names. So for sure, the name like El, which is actually mentioned in the Nevi'im Achreinim, but the truth is, even with other names, which are not mentioned in the Nevi'im Achreinim, like Tishrei or Tammuz, this, that it's a Torah Shvaltai that we use these names, also shows that this is a true name uh, that they have. And therefore, uh, we have an interesting, uh, that's really by all, that those are by all of the names. 
especially we, we know, it's discussed in, uh, in Hasidus, that the names, that words are actually made up of letters. The letters are called uh, Oiseus, and Lashon HaKodesh words are called Avanim, stones, because with a stone you can make and build a building. So through the stones you're making a word, and the word is actually, as we said, is not just a shameless muskalim, but it's actually creating a particular item. So sometimes they're called Avanim, that's by Lashon HaKodesh, while other languages are called the Vanim, which are called bricks. The difference, and the idea is that even the names that other languages have, have some type of energy within them. So the names that are coming in Hashemayim are called Avanim. The names which are coming from people are called Levanim. And they also have a certain energy which is inside of them. And that's why the Amorai Dafka used Aramaic. Because they were, there was the Tzutzitz of Kedusha, which are also in the Ayin Lashayness. And by utilizing the other languages, you're able to reveal the Nitzutas of Kedusha, which are inside of those languages. So by utilizing Aramaic, they're able to reveal the, the Nitzutas of Kedusha, which, which is in Aramaic. So similarly, when we're, when we're looking at the month of Elul, Elul, as we're saying, originally came from a name which was actually not a Lashon HaKadosh name. It was actually a name which was Babylonian. So it was a name which was created Lamata, calling that name. It came from the Ayin Lashayis. So that means that there's Nitzutas of Kedusha, which are in that name. And the, the, the meaning of the name, like uh, all, all the Ramazim that we find in the name Elul, which there's many, Anila, Dedi, Dedi, etc., etc., all these Ramazim that are found in the name of Elul is because of the Nitzutas of Kedusha, which are in it. So when we're learning the name, and we're learning what the Avayda of the month is based on that name, what it's actually doing is it's revealing the Nitzutas of Kedusha. So the Ramazim in the name is actually the Nitzutas of Kedusha, which is in the name. And that's being revealed when we see the penis of what the, of what the month means. So just to summarize what we're saying until now, that we have the month of uh, Elo, which has two Avaidas in it, Cheshvan Sadek on the Avar, it's also Achana for the future. And then we explain that the months, this that it's Torah, means that it has, uh, the name has a meaning to it. It's a Shem Amiti. And especially this, that it's a name that originally came from Babel, that means that it also has this idea of, of these Nitzutas of Kedusha, which are inside of the name, which were, which from those Nitzutas of Kedusha is actually where these Ramazim in the name come from. Okay, so now let's go into the, some of the Ramazim that we find. So the Ramazim that the Rebbe is going to discuss in this Sikha are different than what we usually see. And they're very Gushma, a little bit more Kabbalistic, but we're going to, try to explain it as best as we can. So the first remnant that we find of the name Elul is from the Tzemach Tzedek. The Tzemach Tzedek says that the name Elul is made up of two words. It's made up of the word Al, and it's also made up of the word Loi. And he explains that it says in the Pasuk, Bechol Tzorasam Loi Tzar. The Pasuk in Yeshaya. So the way how you uh, read it, the way how it's printed, I'm sorry, the way how it's printed, it's printed with a loy, with a no. Bechol Tzarasim, all the tsar that Yiddish people have, loy tsar, there is no, Hashem does not have tsar from it. The way how it's siv, the way how it's pronounced, you pronounce as if it says a vod, which means Bechol Tzarasim, loy tsar, whatever the tsar to the Jewish people, Hashem has tsar. Loy tsar, there's also tsar to him. So, What's the pshat of the Pasuk? So if it's a vav, then it's very obvious what the Pasuk is. And when the Yidin are in Golis, Hashem also has Tsar with us. But what's the pshat in the Pasuk when it says, Bechol Tzoraisim, the way how it's written, the way how it's spelled, it's spelled with an Aleph. So that means, Bechol Tzoraisim, Eloi Tzar, Hashem doesn't have any Tsar when the Yidin have Tsar. So the Mephoshim on the Pasuk explained, Rashi explains, that what it means is, Bechol Tzoraisim, and all the Tsar that the Jewish people have, Eloi Tzar, it's not the level of Tsar that they really deserve based on their deeds. Meaning is Hashem is makel on them. Hashem doesn't punish them as freely as they deserve. Rather, loitzar, they don't get the tsar that they deserve. But the Pashat shot of the Pasuk is bechol tsarasim, al tsar, loitzar, he does not have pain. What does that mean? So the Tzemach Tzedek explains, api, Kabbalah, api chesedis, that it's the way how you read the Pasuk, the, the way how it's spelled, is a much higher madrega. Right, so that's always usually how it works. The way how the Torah Shlichsav is written um, is the level how the Torah is the Maila Meshtal Shlus. 
the way how it's pronounced is, is more how we're able to internalize it, how we understand it. So the way how it's read is the way how it's being, like how it's written is how it is for itself. How it's being read is how it is for others. So the, for, so the deeper pshat is Bechol Tzorosim, Loitzah with an Aleph. That's how it is Lamayla Meshtalshus. And that's referring to the level of Keser. That how Hashem is Lamayla Meshtalshus, Taka Bechol Tzorosim, Loitzah. Whenever there's Tzar, it's not Negev to Hashem. Hashem is Lamayla from Meshtalshus. He's higher than what goes on inside of our world. When Hashem is higher than what's going into our world, our world is nothing. It's explained as explained in Tanya that our word, word, world is made from one letter, from one word. So what's one word relative to the power of Deba, the power of Deba, which can have an infinite amount of words? How, how is that comparable to the Inyan of Machshava, which has infinite amount of Machshava? And, and even the Inyan of Machshava compared to how the emotions and to the Seichel. So when we're referring to how it is by Hashem, our world has literally no significance to Hashem. So Bechol Sarasim, how it is, how Hashem is on his own, how Hashem is, how he is Lamayla from the world, then taka b'chol tzorosam loitzar. There is no tzar. So b'chol tzorosam loitzar with an aleph is how loy is referring to the level of keser. So b'chol tzorosam when they have tzar loy mitzad the level of loy mitzad the level of keser there isn't any tzar to Hashem. It's not relevant to him. But when we're looking at how it's pronounced, it's pronounced with a vav. B'chol tzorosam loitzar. That's referring to the how Hashem puts himself into hashdashlus. When Hashem puts himself into hashdashlus, then Everything in this world is relevant to him. He's part of the world. He's entering into it. He's making the world something which is relevant to him. The mashal I once heard, it's like a, a father playing a game with the son. So the game really has no meaning to the father because it's just a game. So how it is, but the game has no value, has no meaning. But when the father puts himself into the game, he starts playing with the child and he gets into it because he knows it's important to the child. So he's into the game, he's involved in the game. Then he also is, you know, getting excited or getting upset because he's putting himself completely into the game in order to join his son where his son is at. So now we can understand the pshat of the Pasuk, according to both Persian, how they're connected. The way how it's written is Hashem does have pain. That's how it is mitzad, how it is in our world. And why is there tsar? The reason why there's tsar is because there's a Hashem is hidden. There, there's a mi to ar. The gilui of Hashem is not revealed. So the chotzar some light tsar is that Hashem is confined. The or of Hashem is hester, and therefore that causes pain to the Jewish people. That's how galus happens. It's because Hashem isn't revealed. So what's the eitzah? The eitzah is that you need to reach a level of chotzar and loy with an aleph tsar. That we need to be able to reveal the deeper level of loy with an aleph. Then behold tsarasim, we're able to reach that. But when there's a time of tsar, then loy, then mitzad the level of kesser, loy, mitzad loy, tsar, even mitzad the level of loy, there's tsar. And through loy, with an aleph, having tsar, that's gala, uh, the or of Hashem, the mitus or of Hashem. And by revealing Hashem into the world, that takes care of the union of golos, and that, of course, is the union of, uh, of geula, when Hashem is revealed into the world. And generally speaking, that, 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 that's usually the concept of tshuva. The Yidin are in, in a situation of tsar because of Golis, because of Chataim. When the Yidin do tshuva, that reveals, when we scream out to Hashem, min ha-meitzar krasikah, then the merchav ani, Hashem answers with merchav, answers with lamayim heshtashas. And now we can understand the Yidin of Elul. So we're saying Elul is made up of these two words. It's loy and loy. Why? Because in Elul, it's the time of the, it's, it's the giloy of Yudgim Midasarachim. The Yudgim Midasarachim is higher than Ishtashlis. It's in the level of Kesser. The idea being is that Hashem has Rachmanis regardless of what our deeds are. Mitzad, our deeds, we might be deserving of punishment. We might be deserving of Tzad. But Tzad, his galus of Yudgim Midasarachim, Hashem's Rachmanis, the love for us, it, it's irrelevant what happened. What's revealed is Hashem's true. It's like a father that sometimes, you know, he has to punish the child, but that's not what he wants. So when they're involved in the punishments, all you can feel is punishment. But when the rachim becomes revealed, that's how the father truly feels. So times of rachim, all the other stuff just go away. And then you're able to reveal the rachim and, and the lamaylam heshtalshlus of the father. So that's what the month of El is, that there's a gilu of yugimus rachim. But the gilu of yugimus rachim doesn't remain higher than the world. Rather, it comes into the world. It comes into who we are. Therefore, Elul is one word. Because the loy becomes, the loy with an aleph comes and becomes one with the loy with a vav. 
and of course, that's uh, connected, of course, to the mashal of the melech besada in the month of Elul. That the month of Elul, the melech is besada, means that the melech is usually higher than hashdash, is higher than the people, are coming into the field. He's making himself accessible to the people. Uh, he's making himself that even the people, how they are, they're able to connect him. So the Lamaidim Ishtalshus is becoming part of Ishtalshus. And then our way is to greet the Malach, is to do Tshuva, and, and accept the king, to have the Kabbalah's Pnei Malach. So our way is that this Hashem is revealing the, the light of the Aleph to us and Elo, we have to make it into a, in a Tepinius, to take advantage of it. That's why um, the word Loi, which is with a Vav, which refers to um, the level of Zah, as the Tzemach explains, right? So Loi with an Aleph is higher than Ishtashlis. That's, um, that's Kesser. And that Loi is how Hashem is part of Ishtashlis. That's the union of Zah, is the Midas. Vav, of course, is always the Midas, the emotions. So if you look at the, if you look at the letter Vav, how is Vav spelt? It's a, it's a Vav and an Aleph and then another Vav. So the numerical value of Vav, Aleph, and Vav is 13, because the Pnimius of Zah is really Yudgilom Midasarach. So the Pnimius of the Zah is really that which is Hacher from the Shalshas. And, and, and the Void of El is to reveal that which is higher than the Shalshas, to reveal the Kasser within the Zah. That is the beer of the, uh, the Tzemach Tzedek on the month of El. Reb Leivik also has an interpretation, a, a, a very interesting one. So he tells us, it's a bit Kabbalistic, and I'll do my best to explain it. He says, if you look at the word Elul, it's made up of four letters. There's an Oi, there's an Aleph and a Vav, the Oi, and then it also has two Lamas. So there's two Lamas and also an Aleph and a Vav. So Oi and two Lamas. He says, Oi, Al-Pikabala, is the Indian of Malchus. To give you the background, in the Zohar it tells us, that it says on the Pasuk, Oi, Hoido Lachatasai, that when a person finds out his sin, he's supposed to bring, the Pasik speaks about that, he's supposed to bring a carbon chattis when a person finds out that he's a sin. But the shaila is, why does it say, oi hoida Allah chattasai? What it should have really said is, noida Allah or when a person, or oi really obviously means if, that when a person finds out about his sin, noida Allah chattasai should have said, noida, when he becomes aware of his sin, then he has to bring the carbon chattis. Hoida means that it's, he's being notified of the sin. Hoida lafchatasa is that he's being notified of the sin. So the Zohar tells us that what's going on over here is that this pasuk, Hoida is the command that Hashem is giving to Oi. Hashem tells Oi, which is the sphere of Malchus, Hoida you should make the sin known to the sinner. Hoida make him know, or Hoida, notify him of his sin. So the king says Oi to Malchus, let the individual know about the sin. What does that mean? So I'm not going to give you the context of the Zohar because I didn't look it up, but just what's relevant to us is that the union of Malchus is how Hashem connects to the world. Hashem is, as we know, and then we have the Olamas. So what connects Hashem to the world? That's through the sphere of Malchus. That's the union of the king. The king, that the king rules with his words that that's how he has the connection, that the king who is essentially higher with his words and the whole purpose of the words is really not for yourself. It's you don't speak to yourself, you speak to others. So Malchus is how Hashem connects uh, to the world. Yeshva'ayim begins with Malchus. So therefore Hashem is notifying Malchus. The idea is that the mitzvirs, the, the which are higher than Malchus, are notifying, are telling Malchus, which is involved with the world, that it has to notify the person of his sin. Because it's the darg of Malchus, the darg of Shechina, that's what has a connection to our world. But why is Oi the union of Malchus? So the Mepharshim explained, it's because if you look at the numerical value of Oi, it's seven. And we know that Malchus is the seventh sphere. So Oi is Malchus. Reb Leivik um, is not satisfied with that answer, because he says, then why did it have to be Dafka these words, Oi? Why does it have to be an Aleph and a Vav? It could have been really, according to that, any type of uh, combination of words. It could have been a Zion, it could have been an Hay and a Bez. This that the Pasuk is using Oi, must be because Oi itself has a connection to Malchus. So he gives a even deeper explanation. He says that the word Oi means or. 
when you use the word or is when you're separating between two things. Like you could, you could say you could have, you could choose life or you can choose that. So the or is to separate between two things, that one choice or the other choice, this thing or the other thing. So oil is to separate. So he says that is the job of Malchus. The job of Malchus is, is to separate between Atsilos and Biyah, between the Oilumis Ein Saif and the Oilumis which are created. So the Malchus is the concept of Oil, it's the concept that makes the Or, that there's Hashem and then there's the Bria. That's the concept of what Malchus does, because Malchus is what creates the Ishma'ai. So therefore Malchus is Oil because that's its job. Its job is to make the Oil, is to make that second option, is to make the option of the Yesh, something which appears separate from Hashem. Uh, and then Reb Levi continues, and the Rebbe adds Hasbur to it, why the letters Aleph involved. Because as the Rebbe explains, since Aleph and Vav together mean or, it must mean that each, since we're putting these two words together, where is the explanation? Where is this or, which is called or, oi, coming from? It's coming from a combination of two other kaifas. The combination of the kaif of Aleph and the combination of the kaif, and the combination of Vav, both of those things together are creating the oi. So it must mean that Aleph and Vav also have a connection to Malchus. So the Reb Levik explains, it is true. Because the Aleph refers to the level of Kesser. One. doesn't explain why, but in other places, first of all, the meaning of one shows Lamaila Nishtalshlis. And more than that, Aleph is the Lufay Shalom, is the meaning of a thousand. A thousand also shows uh, on the meaning of Kesser. Aleph is always the meaning of Kesser because it's a thousand. We have the, um, the, the, the Zaz, they're, they're 10. The Zaw, we always count as 10. When you get the Chabad, they're counted as hundreds. When you get the Kesser, it's counted as thousands, because it includes the whole Shtasha. So it's Kesser is a thousand. So Aleph shows on the union of Kesser, which is Kolo, Gans, Ashtayr, Shtashlis. Fine. And then we have the Vav. Vav is the union of Das, because Das is the Mitzvah, the Koloshis. Das is the Sphira, is the key to the emotions. As we know that when a person understands something, the way how it affects his emotion, the way he behaves, is based on das. Das is what takes the seichel and makes it relevant to the individual. That's the meaning of das. It's the das is what is the key to the six midas. It's because it's dafka through das are you, that you're able to change the way that a person feels. Fine. So that's the oi. So, so Malchus is made up of what are the main components of Malchus? The main components of, components of Malchus is the union of Kassar, the union of Das, and we will explain that soon. Why they're the main things. Uh, but that's Malchus. It has the, the main components of Malchus, the union of Oinik and Das. What are the Lamids? So the Lamid is, is as it says in Pirkei Yavis, that, uh, that uh, Malchus is Niknit, not Malchus, sorry. Uh, yeah, Malchus is Niknit with Shloisha that thirty that Malchus is acquired through thirty miles. In other words, like this. In the month of, of there was the Hurbin of Malchus. Sukkas David Hanefalus. It's the union of the Malchus has been destroyed through the, in the month of Av, because that was the Hurbin. The Avoida of Khaidish Allah, which is the Khaidish Rachamin, is to rebuild the Malchus. So therefore, how do we rebuild the Malchus? Rebuild the Malchus through the 30 miles, what Malchus is built with. And since there's two main components to Malchus, which is Kasser and Zah, and sorry, Das, therefore there's a, there's a Lamed after the Aleph, there's Aleph Lamed, because the Aleph, in order to have the building of the Kasser Shiva Malchus, you need the 30 miles, and and also, also to have the Das of Malchus, you also need to have the Shloisha Milas, which will rebuild Das. Uh, in a deeper way, Rebbeidik explains that the Indian of Lamed in Kabbalah refers to the Indian of the sphere of Bina. Um, I'll give a little explanation. I'll, I'll give what I know. Put it that way: is that Lamed is referred to in, in the Kabbalah as Migdal Haperech Ba'ader. It's referred to the chest, which 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 is uh, floating in the air, which flo- floats in the air, or flies in the air. W- what that means is, it's uh, basically, it's a box, which has legs, and the box itself is always above the ground, because it, there's legs to it, and you're able to carry it. And you carry it with the legs, you're able to carry it different places. So the migdal, the box itself, migdal over here is like a box, is, or the chest, is being something which hangs in the air. 
And he says that refers to, that's always referred to, that's why the Lamed is like that, because it has like a leg, and the main body of the Lamed is, uh, it's Pereh Avir. What is the Ingen of Avir? Avir is the Ingen of Chachma, Avir de Machkin. So Bina is the Ingen of Lamed, because Bina is that Migdal HaPereh Avir. It's the tower which receives from, um, from Chachma. And the idea is that Malchus, and specifically the Kesser and the Das of Malchus, is rebuilt through the union of Bina. Uh, or in other words, that the way how Malchus is being built, the Malchus is being built with the Ha'ara Pinius which comes into it. There needs to be the Ha'ara of Bina, which is able in a, Bina is, has the Oyrech, the Roichav, the Oymek, it's not just a flash like Chachma, rather it has the Oyrech, the Roichav, the Oymek, and that's what rebuilds um, we build Malchus. And as we know, Malchus is also Iker, Iker Binyan is from the Indian of Bura, and Bina is also on the same, is also on the left side. You have, you have the Bina, and then you have the Gevura, uh, so Bina and Gevura, which, um, and uh, Hoi, which builds the Indian of Malchus, because Malchus, the main Indian, is the Gevuras, which are in Malchus, because of course we know the king has to remain, the Hisnasus, he remains above and uplifted to the people. So therefore, Bina is a very important aspect of it. Either way, that's how much I know about it, but uh, we're saying Malchus needs to be rebuilt through the union of Bina, through the union of Gurus, and specifically the union of Bina, um, and that's the union of the Chaydish of Elul. So the Rebbeviks is saying that Elul, which is the Yemei Ratz, and it's the union of the Binyan of Malchus, there's the two Lamans, which are building the two aspects which are in. So just to summarize what we've said until until now, that we said in the month of Elo, we have take, gave two pshat. We gave the pshat of the Tzamech Tzadek, that the union of Elo is the hischabrus, is the connection of Keser with the Zah, the Loi with an Aleph and the Loi of the Vav, that were Megala Keser within Zah. Or in other words, the Lamaila Mishnalshis is Nimshat the Primius into Hishnalshis. Now we have the pshat of the, of the, of the Blavik that he's saying is that the union of Elo is the hamshacha of bina into the two aspects of to, to make a binyan of malchus, and more particularly, the binyan of malchus is through the aleph, the kesser of malchus, and also the hamshacha of bina into the vav, the das of malchus. So those are the two pshat. According to the Tanakh Tzedek, it's in hamshacha's kesser into za. According to Reb Leivik, it's the hamshacha of bina into malchus, uh, and particularly into the kesser and das of malchus to build it. So what is the connection between these two pshat? So of course we have the, there's two connections. The, the most more obvious connection is that according to both Reb Levik and Tzamech Tzedek, the Aleph of Elul is referring to the Darga of Kesser, something which is Hacher from the Shalshlis. And the Vav of Elul is referring to either Zah or Das, which are very connected as we mentioned earlier, because Vav is the Miftachad, the Kolos So according to both of them, there's a connection that the Aleph is Hacher from the Shtalshus, or at least the level of Makif, while the level of the Vav is the level which is between us. But there's also, of course, a, a much deeper uh, connection with, besides for this, that the Aleph and the Vav mean the same thing, but the Toichen of their Pshat, there's also a connection of what they're saying. So the Hacken. We have to explain Reb Levik, uh, a bit deeper. So Reb Levik, we mentioned, said, that the main parts, the main binion of Malchus, the main inyanim of Malchus, is the dapt, is the kasser and the das. Why are those the two main aspects of Torah Malchus? So the idea is, in a Malch, a Malch really compo- is composed of two parts. The union of the essence of the Malchus is that the king is someone who is, there's the oinig, he's besnasus, he's uplifted and exalted, he's beroimimus, he's completely exalted and higher than the people. He doesn't need the people. It's something which is above the people. That's why they're choosing him, because he's someone which is uh, on a totally different realm than that. He's he's completely exalted them, and that's why they're trying to connect to the king. They want the king to lift them up to his darga. So the essence of what the king is, the kesser of the king, is the ing of the oinig and the ratzen, which is in Malchus. The idea of oinig v'ratzen is those are the deepest koiches, or the deepest koiches is not even the correct word for it. It's the deepest... Uh, parts which are in a human being, and we're talking about Hashem, it's the deepest aspects uh, of, uh, of Hashem, is the oinig and the ratzin. This is the pleasure, this is the essential qualities 
which have low limitations. That's the essence of a person is his oinik. And the rutzen is to really fulfill and to try to actualize that rutzen. And of course, all the other uh, that a person has is also to, to actualize in a more pneumistic way uh, the oinig what, what, what a person has. So the oinig is the essence of who he is. So when we're talking about the kesser of Malchus, that means it's the essence of Malchus, which is the oinig which is in Malchus. It's this uh, pleasure of being the king. Uh, this is nasus, this, this exaltedness. On the other hand, we have the king that we know, you can't be a king unless you have people. It means, so it's, it's a little bit of the paradox. On one hand, we're saying the essence of a Malchus is the union of Isnasus. It's the Oinig. And Oinig is really being on your own. Oinig is how you are on your own. There might be other things that are able to awaken it, but the Oinig is, 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 how, is you enjoying yourself. You're enjoying yourself, and there might be things in the world that help you connect to the essence of who you are, but ultimately the Oinig is not something which is given to you. Oinig is what you have already, and what we're trying to do by whatever we do in this world um, is to try to find a way to reveal that oinik. Um, so we have these two aspects of the king, the paradox. On one hand, with the oinik, which is really completely separate, completely stas, and then we have Eimel Chulayat, or, or the Rebbe's, to give it more details, what the Rebbe says, in Kesar of Malchus, you have three aspects. There's on one hand, it's, uh, it's the Rebbe's, it's Abkatrag, and it's completely uplifted and exalted. The second thing is that what is felt in the, in, in the essence, it's felt, it's felt the Raymond's. You're not thinking about the people. What's actually being felt is that which, that you were, that you're completely exalted. And the third thing is that Am is not Tefis Makim. Am is not Tefis Makim when we get to the essence of what Malchus is. Then we have the union of Das, of Malchus. Das is Pum Fakert. Das means you're connecting. Das is the idea of connecting with emotions, or when we're talking about Malchus, it means connecting with the people. So you're lowering yourself, you're trugging the Slaam, you're, you're bringing yourself to the people. And the second part is, it's, it, you're, you're dealing with the people. So you're lowering yourself, that's one aspect. So you start Raimimus, it's the opposite of Raimimus. The second part is that what's being felt is the Raimimus. No, what's being felt over here is this that you're dealing with the people. And the third aspect is the people are Tefus Makin. The way how the people act does make a difference to you. So that's interesting. The essence of someone who is a king means he's completely exalted and above the people. So what the people do don't really make a difference. Then what does he care what people do? He, he's, it, 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 he's completely above that because we're not, not talking about a type of king that, like a dictator, we're talking about a person that really truly is someone who's exalted. And that's why the people want to be their king because they see that he's an individual that can bring them to a type of utopia, something which is completely above them, something that they can't reach on their own. So if he's so much more exalted, then the Am and what they do, Taka, don't make a difference to him. But the Chiddush of Das of Malchus is that once he accepts the position, he does care what they're doing. So it's these two opposite parts of it. So in order to be a Melech, when we're talking about being in Hamalchus, and that's the Inyan of Chaydish El, you need both. That's why you have the Laman, which is creating both parts. The first thing is you have to be the, the Ratzim to be a Melech. That's the first thing. The Oinig and the Ratzim, which is to be the king. So the Oinig is the pleasure that you know what, this is something to be a melech, to deal with other people, and the rutzen, which comes with it. And the second part of that is that you can't just stay with that tiny of the rutzen, but you actually have to uh, do the tachlis of the malchus is actually being a king. So that's the second part, which is a malchus. So now let's look at the vayda of Chaydash Elul. So we said in uh, the month of Elul, you have both things. It's, on one hand, it's a chana to the new year. It's a chana to Rosh Hashanah, which is Inyanah, it's also an Atikanal Shavra. So let's see how this idea of Reb Levik connects, connects to the Avaidah of Rosh Hashanah. So the Avaidah of Rosh Hashanah, the Rebbe explains this in Dalit and other places, that in Rosh Hashanah, there's really two, three aspects in Rosh Hashanah. There's the Mitzvah that's the Shaifer, that's the Mitzvah of the day, the Gezer of the king that you're filming, which is the Shaifer. You have the Inyan of Tshuva, that it's one of the Seresi Mechuvah. And then you also have the Iker Indian of Rosh Hashanah, which is the Indian of HaHaktar Samalach. And why is that the Iker Indian? Because as it says in the Medrash, that when you come to a king and says, lead us, uh, tell us what to do, but the king first says, first you need to accept me as your king, that I am the leader, that you will follow me, and then only then can I give you the Gzeres. So you can't just ask me for advice 
if you want to connect to me, if you want me to be able to lead you, first you have to accept me as that leader, and then I'm able to uh, tell you that what the Xeris are. So on Rosh Hashanah, when, when we have the Istalkus of Hashem's Ratzin to be the king, and the purpose of Rosh Hashanah is to crown Hashem, is to convince him to be our king again. The Shaila is, how, how are we awakening this desire of Hashem to be the king? If you're going to say that, oh, it's because we fulfill, we do the Hanhagis, we do his Xeris, we follow his decrees, and if we didn't, you know, at least we're doing true before what we didn't do properly. That's not Ma'ayur, the king, to be, want to be the Malach. Because at this point of time, he doesn't want to be the king. So just think of an individual that never was the king. A person that was never a king, how are you coming to him and saying, oh, you should accept me as king because I did your Xeris. What Xeris? I'm not even the king. What Xeris do I have? So first you have to have the Haktar Samach. Once you have the Haktar Samach, that Hashem desires to be the king, then you can have the two, other two things of Tshuva, and you can, of course, have the Maisen Toivim, the Medina of Shreifah and Rosh Hashanah. So first comes the Haktar Samach. First is the desire that Hashem actually accepts upon himself to be the king. Once there's the Haktar Samach, then you can have Tshuva and Shreifah. The Rebbe says, even within the union of Mitzvah Shreifah itself, you see these three aspects. You have Shreifah, that it's a Mitzvah of Hashem. Then you have Shreifah, that it's in of Tshuva, as the Rambam writes, Ur Yashinim Shemaskan. It's a remez of Tshuva, which is in Shreifah. And then you have the essence of the, uh, then you have the, Another Ramaz was in Shaifer, which Rabsad Yigoyin says that when you crown the king, you crown the king with, with, with the Shaifer. That the Kol Shaifer is that they would bring him to the spring, and, uh, the, and with the Chatzotzers and Shaifers they would be blowing, and through that they would crown the king. So the Indian of, of Shaifer reminds us of the Indian of Haktar Samal. So it's a reminder of the Indian of the Haktar Samal. So, even within Shaifer itself, we see, see these three aspects. What's the Ikirinia? The Ikirinia will be, of course, the Haktar Samalach. But first we have the Haktar Samalach, and then we have the Tshuva Maisen Tevim, which come afterwards. But the question is, how do we, how are we, or this is Nasus Atzmi? This Nasus Atzmi, the essence of Malchus is that Hashem is uplifted and He's exalted in the above us. If we can't, if Tshuva and Maisen Tevim won't awaken that desire, because again, this is before the time that Hashem accepted the Malchus. So therefore, since he didn't accept the Malchus yet, therefore the Xeris won't have, uh, aren't either in effect, of course, uh, you know, in a, in a more theoretical type of fashion, then what is Ma'ir Hashem to become the Malach? So this is what we say on Rosh Hashanah, we ask Hashem to choose us, that Ein HaChinami, there is nothing we can do, no reasons we can give to make Hashem choose us. Like, oh, we do Torah, we do mitzvahs, therefore you should choose us. That, that actually wouldn't work. Those are reasons why Hashem should become the king. But this is, bef- we're, we're, we're at a level which is higher than reasons. This is, Hashem has completely nostalgic from Eilam. He's even nostalgic from a complete Eilam has. He's nostalgic higher from the union of reason too. So therefore, giving reasons won't help. What we're asking Hashem is that Matzad his Bechir Chashas. We're saying, Hashem, please choose us. We're asking Hashem to choose us. And what is Bechir Chashas? And, and then we can understand how we have the capability to awaken this Bechira. Bechir Chashas means that there's no external causes which, are, which is making uh, the individual to choose. Usually, the reason most things, probably 99.9% of the things that, that we choose on a day to day basis, is instinctual, it's because of habit, there's reasons for it. So the choices that we're making, there's, there, it's, it's not a true choice, it's because we're somewhat making those choices because of, uh, of, of a reason or, or circumstances, etc., etc. Bechir Chavshis means, what would your choice be if you had no exterior um, influences making that decision? So us now in this world, that's hard to think about because how we are now, you're living in this world for a certain amount of time, we already have the external influences and those external influences are important to us and therefore they do affect the way that we make a decision, at least in a seichodika way. Hashem, of course, created the world. The world is something which is external to him, doesn't have an influence on him. He's the one that created the world. So Hashem is the only one that really has Bechir Chachas is because everything which is in the world, everything else doesn't have any true value to him, doesn't have any influence on him. It's, the way he was brought up doesn't have any influence. He wasn't brought, he always was. So the only being that truly has Bechir Chachas, meaning is that he's 
making a decision because this is what he wants and this is what he desires or this is what gives him pleasure, that's Hashem. Masha'en came human beings in general don't have that power because we're making decisions based on what uh, a major part of it is based on our upbringing, other things which are influencing us, the pressures that we have. But what we truly desire within the etzim of our nefesh is not usually revealed. And to say, take this one step farther, that taka is the chiddush of the fear is that Hashem gives us that same capability to make a choice regardless of any external factor. Uh, Hashem gives us that capability because Alpitan Vedas, that should be something, Alpitan Vedas, that should be something which is impossible in this world. As mentioned earlier, we shouldn't be able to make a Bichir because we have all the influences. So there's always something which is influencing us. The way how we brought up everything that happened to us is influenced the decisions we're making. So if we had a different type of upbringing, the hula and other things happened, maybe we would have made a different decision. So how do I know that you're making the truest decision? This is what your neshama really desires. You can't do that in this world. The chiddush that Hashem gave us is that Hashem always gave us the capability to make a free choice, just like you would make that free choice. So regardless of any circumstances, upbringing, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, a person does have that capability to make a, a, a free choice. Uh, whether it makes sense to make that choice or whether not to make sense to that choice, a person has that. He's able to make the, the choice that what he truly desires. So Basham, of course, he has that. Of course, Basham for sure has that. He's the source of that, I should say. So on Rosh Hashanah, we're trying to admire the Bechir Hashem. We're saying Hashem. We're trying to admire the Bechir Hashem that Hashem desires the Jewish people. Uh, as the Rebbe explains, It says the the it says that the the yifchalach is because the tamlochuni of yidin. It's not because of their avodah Torah mitzvahs. It's mitzad the bechir chashus b'lomayla. Mitzad dem vas neshamis yisrael zayin mushrush anatzmos. It's because the neshamis yisrael are mushrush anatzmos. Since we are rooted in atzmos, therefore Hashem, um, therefore Hashem desires us and wants us. It doesn't go into much, much explanation, but again, this is something which is really higher than tam Das. But the idea is, um, since it's not Tamadas, it's hard to explain, but Hashem is making a Bechir Chashis. What is the Bechir Chashis that Hashem wants? Hashem wants the Yidin that are Moshe that, that are This that we're Moshe uh, is a, I think it's a remez, or it's, it's telling us this that the Yidin are Moshe What does that mean, we're Moshe It means is that we're something that Hashem truly desires. It's not something Hashem created, and therefore the desire is not a true choice because this is something which is external to him and it's an external influence. It's not something he tr- might want or not, might not want. It's something that he created and it's external. And any ch- and the choices that he makes to have this thing or not or not have that thing, that would be based on Tam Vedas. It would be based on an ex- something which is outside of him. Kaviyaka. Of course, nothing's outside of Hashem, but the idea is that this is something which is, uh, you, know, with, you know, when we're looking at Mitzat Seyter Ishtal, it looks like something which is uh, outside of him. But the Yidin, which are Mushrush Be'atzmas, that means is that we're one with Hashem. Therefore, the choice that Hashem makes to have us, that's not something external. He's making that choice because we are part of Him. And He wants us. He, within his, the oinig of His Neshama, we are there. So the cho- it, it's Kibiyachol, Lar Lahavdil, but by a, a, human, a human being, you also have certain things which are part of the uh, essential um, DNA of a human being that he wants. Like it's explained in Hasidus, a person wants a house. A part of being a human being is that he has a timing, that he has a desire for having a home. Uh, I'm assuming a home contains the place where he lives, his family. But the idea is that part of being an other, part of being a person is that within the essence of your nefesh, that is a desire that you have. So you might have in secular society uh, many influence telling you that it's not something that you desire, and it's not something which is good, and you should try different avenues to get your oining and get your pleasure. But we're saying is that part of the DNA, part of the, the DNA of the neshama is having a home, is what the neshama wants. So the world might tell you that it's not what it wants, but the DNA of your neshama, Hashem tells us what the DNA of our neshama is saying is, that, in, that the bias is part of that DNA. So Hashem is telling us, lahavdu, uh, that 
Bechir of Hashem is in the Jewish people. Hashem wants us. So what our task is to reveal that. So when we're blowing the shoifer, it's not that the shoifer is, makes Hashem or convinces Hashem that he wants us. No. Shaifer is not a shaifer, whether it's inside the union of tshuva, whether it's in the other union of inside the union of mitzvah, that's not able to awaken Hashem's bechir chachas, because those are the, the rotsin, which is the rot, mitzvah is a gzera, which comes beside the rotsin. So tshuva and the mitzvahs are all something which is beside the rotsin of Hashem. Hashem wants those things because it, because it connects to his tining, but that's not the tining itself. So what is able to awaken the tining? We blow the shaifer, because the union of the shaifer is, it's that sa'aka, it's that, it's, it's the cry which is higher than words. It's the cry that's even higher than the chatzotzris. Uh, I think it's asked in other places in Chatzotzris. It says that a king becomes the king with the shoifer and the chatzotzris. So why don't we have chatzotzris in Rosh Hashanah? It's because the, the union of the shoifer is that it's a cold partial. It doesn't have a melody. It's just the cry of the neshama. Words, of course, have a certain meaning. Chatzotzris have a certain tune to it. The shoifer is the cry. So it's revealing the essence of the yid. When the yid's essence is being revealed, uh, it reveals the, the, the essence of Hashem, uh, the mashal, the Baal of, of the trial that went very far away, and he forgot the language, and he forgot how, how they dressed, the hula hula, until finally he, he comes back, and the king doesn't recognize, no, no, no one recognizes him because he doesn't look like a prince. So how does he connect to the king? He has this pure cry. When that cry comes out and the king hears the cry, the king recognizes the cry. Why? Because it's the essence of who the child is. It's not the way he's dressed. It's not the language that he's speaking or the way that he looks. It's the essence of who he is. And that's able to awaken the essence of the king. And therefore, there's a connection between the father and the son. So the same thing is with Hashem. By the Kol HaShoifer, that's awakening uh, that, that aspect within us. And that, of course, is Ma'or, that aspect. Mida Kenegin Mida is also Ma'or, that aspect within Hashem. So how does this connect to Elo? So in Elo, as we said, that there's these two Avaidas. There's the Avaidah of the Hachana to Rosh Hashanah. There's also Shafer during Elo. Um, so that's one aspect of Elo. That's the, as the Reb Levick says, that would be the Kesser of Malchus. That's the desire of the king. We're awakening Hashem's desire of Tam Lechun Yalech, that Hashem should want to be our king. And then you have the, 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 uh, the Aleph, the Vav, right? So there's the Vav, and the Aleph, so the Aleph was that part, and then you have the Vav, which is the Das, meaning is that it's that the people are also accepting, they accept the king, and they also accept his Gezeris. Once he's accepted the king, they're also accepting the Gezeris. Um, the Rebbe says that the Tikkun on the prior years through the Chazman Tzaddik and the Vayi of Mitzvahs, that how did we conduct ourselves? How did we fulfill the Chukya Melech? What this is connected with the Mechina of the Vav. This is connected how, with how Malchus is connected with the people. So, as we said, that the Kesser of Malchus is how Hashem is, how the union of Malchus, the Oini, is on its own. And then the Ein Melech Layam, the Vav, the Das, is how the king is connecting to the people. So in El, we find both of these in Yom. And that's how Rebbe is explaining what the Vayda of El was. Now we can see, they can jump back to the Tzemach Tzedek and see how this is connected. And also, of course, we also need to see how the Lama, the, the two parts of Malchus are not just two parts, but they actually are interdependent, how they have a connection to each other. So the Rebbe tells us that when we look at uh, the Chodesh of, 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 of Elo, so the first thing is, Elo is one word, as, as the Tzemach Tzedek says, is the Elo Mishaber Loi and Loi. And Elo Mishaber the Loi and the Loi, the two types of Lois. So the Loi with the Vav, that's the union of Tikkun and Truva. And where does the Kapara come from? The Kapara comes from the Loi, which is the Yudgun Lisarachim. So we have the Loi, uh, which, which is our own Avaida. That's referring to how we are, how Hashem is within Hishtalshus, or how we are within Hishtalshus. That's how, that there's a miyat of the ar. We did things which were wrong, which brought the in of tsar. There's a miyat to ar, the chasarin. There's the loy with the vav. And so we work with that loy with the vav. We do tshuva, we masak in the maisim, we, 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 and, and through, but how do we get the kapar for what we messed up? The kapar comes down from the union of loy. We're able through our tshuva to be more 
the loy with an aleph, which is hachaf and shalshlus. And dafka from there comes the kapara. Meaning we're awakening the dark of Hashem that, that his love for us is not dependent on the Torah and mitzvahs, rather something which is higher. So Elo, through the hachanas that we're doing and our working and our desire to be one with the King Hashem reciprocates. And he's mamshachayin of loy with the aleph, which brings the forgiveness. And also the other way around, we have loy, which is tamluchuni aleichem, with the Allah, which is the inya that we want Hashem to be our king. What's the kavana that he should be our king? Ultimately, the kavana is that it brings to loy with the vav. There needs to be a voidah of tayr mitzvahs. There needs to be the actual hahagah So these two aspects of what Malavik was speaking about, which is the two aspects of malchus, which is the desire of being a king, and the actual hahagah papaya, we see how they're interdependent. That on one hand, the desire of being a king can't just remain at that, but rather it, uh, it, it reflects in Hashem giving us the gezeris and us fulfilling those gezeris. And also the other way around is that during the month of Elul, we'll be massacring the other, we're fixing up what we did, and Hashem reveals the light, which brings the kapar. So the light with an aleph, on one hand, it brings the kapar on the prior year. On the other hand, it's the, it is the next year where Hashem again desires to be the king, and therefore gives us the gezeris, and then we're able to fulfill and do these achlotis tevis that we're taking for uh, the next year. And that's, that's the same thing what the Tzamech Tzedek was talking about, that that's what Elul is. That Elul is the, the Zman of Yud Gimel Sarachamim. That Mitzad, the Indian of Yud Gimel Sarachamim, that brings a Kapara, that we do the Tshuva and the Kapara comes from that. On the other hand, we also have that through the, 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 the Tshuva and the Maisen Toivin that we're doing through in the month of Elul, um, that's also the hachlata for the upcoming year. And where does that, where does that come from? That comes from the, the loy with an aleph, means that Hashem decided to be our king and wants to be our king, and he has the prayer to be our king. Therefore, we're able to have the loy with the love, meaning once there's, you first need to have the loy with an aleph, that there's a king, that Hashem makes the shtalshlis. And then you have the b'chot sarasam loy tsar, is that we're able to also accomplish and utilize that, um, that matana, that, uh, that's this gift that Hashem is giving us, and to actually fulfill the Torah mitzvahs of the com- upcoming year. And the Rebbe says that through this, we are poil, that Hashem, that the Yifchar Lani, which is on Rosh Hashanah, shouldn't remain hechar from the Shtashos, rather be nizgal lamata, with a ksim of chsim v'teva, masuka, v'chol achad v'achad, v'teva nir v'nigla lamata, masara t'vachim.